0: Good to have you all here this morning. It looks like we're missing a few people, so the ones of you that are here are going to have to sing that much louder. Um, We have the Hershey family hanging out in Thailand. It sounds like they got there safely and are having a nice time in the sunshine. Um, Who else are we missing here today? Goodness, this side over here looks empty. Papa and Mama are still in Florida. All right, well, it's good to have you all here. And uh, why don't you stand up if you can, if you'd like to. I have a uh, selection of older hymns that I think most of you will know, and we've sung them before. And we'll sing them along with the track here. And uh, the first one here, if you remember it, they sing it pretty fast. So uh, that'll uh, get your blood pumping a little bit and uh, wake you up if you're having that kind of an issue. Pat, do you want to run this for me? Come thou between songs if you have anything to share any testimony of what god has done for you any prayer requests uh please feel free to share that anytime uh, in between the songs you know one one line of of that song i've i've known this song as long as i can remember it was a song that was sung in the churches i grew up in and there was one uh one line that always uh caught my attention. Let's see if I can find it here. There it is. Come and thy people bless and give thy word success. What what do you think the author was thinking about when he had the prayer to to God to give his word success? If the word has success in our lives today, we have a brother from the whole way Around the world, pretty much, Australia, way down under, going to share the word to us today. What will define that word as success? Anyone? Think about that. What does it mean for God's word to have success in our lives? Changes my heart. Amen. Changes us. Makes us more like Him. Any other ideas? What does it mean in your life? Okay, spread the word. All right, well, let's, let's think about that through the, through the service today that uh, God's word would have success. In fact, why don't, why don't we uh, come before God and, and ask him for that? Phil, do you want to lead us in a prayer for that this morning? holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Father, for your protection on us so many times that we don't even notice it. Thank you for protecting Linda this week in her fall. You know that that can be a serious thing that you chose to have your hand on her and protect her. I thank you for doing that and for uh, continuing to give strength and and health. So many of us have struggled with sickness this winter, but yet you are there and you are the healer and you continue to touch lives. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, those familiar words pass us by pretty quickly, but look at verse 2. It's exactly what we were talking about, the, the bountiful care of God, thy bountiful care what tongue can recite. Can we even explain or understand the care, the bountiful care that God has for us? And, and look at this this word picture. The, the writer of this song, um, I think, was having a Hard time describing the bountiful care of God and look at this word picture he came up with. It's it's pretty good. Okay. Remember, he's talking about the care of God, how it just pours over us. It breathes in the air, it shines in the light, it streams from the hills and descends to the plain and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. It's just it's everywhere, it's it's all around us. You can't can't get away from it. I think that's a great word picture there
1: all hail the power of jesus
0: come to you, and Lord, you, you know these needs, you see all, you know them before we do, you know them before we can even think them, but yet, Father, you ask us to come and lift these petitions to you, and I pray for our dear seniors, especially those in the center here across the street. Father, you know the needs of each heart, you know those that are suffering, those that are in pain, those that are sick, those that have fallen or broken bones, whatever the case may be, but it it seems like there's a lot of these things happening right now, and Father, I just pray that you would reach out and touch each one, that you would bring healing, but that most of all, Father, that these times of suffering and trial would bring them closer to you, they would draw them to you. I don't know these people, Father, but you do. You know their hearts. You know exactly where they're at. Yeah. And I pray that you would use this time to draw them yeah. 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 to you mm-hmm. in a new and living way. Yeah. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. You know, I don't think I have to tell any of you the how much we, we live in a world that is so full of sin and, and the devil has just reached so much destruction in people and families. But, you know, there, there is an answer to that. And in, in the middle of that, we can have peace like a river in this next song. In the middle of that, we can truly have that opportunity to say, it is well with my soul. Where your hope is? wrong on that. Well, kids can come on up here and somewhere along the line there's going to be a children's lesson. I think Pat has that this morning. Um, While they're coming, let me make a few announcements real quick. Uh, If you have your bulletins, most of them are in here, but uh, this week is the week for the men's Bible study book study at 6.30 Wednesday evening. At Phil and Katie's house next Sunday we do not have a uh, meal after the service uh, our schedule got changed around a little bit this Sunday we do so please stay for the meal uh, and then next Sunday as well will be our uh, communion breaking of bread service and uh, as mentioned earlier we have a guest speaker this morning from, as I looked it up, 8,700 miles away or in you guys' system, your your metric, right? So 14,000 kilometers. All right. That sounds a lot harder. (laughs) And uh, I'll let Phil introduce him uh, a little bit more after the children's lesson. All right, Pat, you want to come on up here? and. have a lesson for the kids.
2: Yeah, gotcha. There we go. All right. There we go. righty. The little acorn at looked at the world around him. Green hills rolled their backs in the distance. Bright daisies bloomed below him. Above him, a family of puffy white clouds floated through the blue sky. The world looks so big, the little acorn said to him to his mother. I'm just glad to be here with you. His his mother was was a tall, beautiful oak tree. I'm glad, too, my little acorn. It's good for you to be here with me now. But when your time comes to go into the world, you'll be fine. I'll be afraid, though, he said. Mother Oak hugged little acorn in her strong branches. Within you is a great oak, little acorn. Just be the tree God made you to be. The thought of letting go and leaving the safety of his mother's branches was scary to little acorn. So he tried not to think about it. But deep down inside... He knew the time was coming. One by one, his brothers and sisters had been letting go and saying goodbye. They had been afraid too, but their mother had assured them them with the same words. Within you is a great oak. Just be the tree God made you to be. Each time he heard this, Little Acorn would look at himself and say, An oak in me? He was so small. It was hard for him to believe that he could ever grow up to be a big tree like his mom. See, right here, that, that's the little acorn right there. Yeah, that's about the size of an actual acorn, though, so it's very, very small. The time to let go came sooner than little acorn wanted. It started with a bump. He was resting one afternoon, thankful for the coolness in the shadows of the leaves. When duh, the tree shook, his mother's branches trembled, and little acorn began to swing back and forth. A, farmer, a farmer's pickup truck had accidentally backed into the tree trunk. Little acorn had swung before, stirred by the wind, bumped by climbing kids, and each time he always held on. But not this time. He tried. He pressed his thin stem into the branch as hard as he could. It didn't work. He was he was a heavier acorn than he used to be. His, stand, his stem began to pull away from the branch. Uh oh, mom. It's okay, little acorn. Mother Oak assured him, "You can't hang on. You can't hang on forever. It's time you let go." Down he fell, flipping, flipping over and over, oh, wow. and soft, yeah, he fell down out of the tree. And he fell down flipping over and over, softly slipping through the leaves until he bounced on something hard. He landed in the back of the pickup truck. The truck vibrated and began to drive away. "It's okay, little acorn," his mom called out. Within you is a great oak. Just be the tree God made you to be. The little acorn barely heard the last words. The truck was already moving down the road, going somewhere. He just didn't know where. As the truck
1: bounced,
2: as the truck bounced, so did the little acorn. Ow, she said. This is rough. It gets better, he heard a voice say. Rolling over, little acorn looked up at a young tree. Who are you? He asked. I'm a new little orange tree on the way to be planted. What do orange trees do? asked the acorn. By now the road the road and the ride were smoother. We grow oranges. What's that? Yeah. We grow oranges. Uh where am I at? Oh, asked the acorn. He he didn't know what oranges was. What? He didn't know what an orange was, and he was just about to ask when the tree, when the truck stopped wow exclaimed the orange tree who was, who was tall enough to see out of the truck what is it asked the acorn trees orange trees everywhere it's an orange okay. grove oh, okay. okay little orange tree it's time for you to be planted the farmer said as he lowered the truck tailgate and climbed into the back of the truck bed Me. the acorn the acorn rolled away just in time to avoid the farmer's big boot the farmer took the tree and was gone for a long time Little Acorn stared at the sky as it began to darken. He missed his mother oak and her strong branches. This would be his first night away from her. The tailgate banged and the farmer jumped in. A quick sweep, he said, and I'm headed home. Little Acorn had never seen a broom. He barely saw this one before it sent him high in the air, and he landed in the soft dirt. I, wonder what ha- I wondered what happened to you, he heard a voice. It was the orange tree. Little Acorn was happy to hear a familiar voice. Is this your new home, he asked. It sure is, Orange Tree said. And it looks like it's your home too. Little Acorn had one more question. Orange Tree, what do I do next? Baby, baby. Yeah, did you see right there's the Orange Tree, and, the, there's the orange tree and there's the Acorn. Orange Tree's voice was sleepy. Just settle in, little friend, and rest. God will make you grow. And, and so Little Acorn did just that. He rested the night, that night, the next day, the next week, the next month. There in the soft soil surrounded by orange trees, he sank deeper and deeper into the ground and slumbered. He slept a long, long time. When Little Acorn awoke, he didn't know where he was. He stretched upward, and when he did, he kept stretching higher and higher until he popped out of the dark dirt into the sunlight. Well, look who's awake, announced the little orange tree. Little Acorn looked up and looked looked around and then up. Hello, orange tree. Have I been sleeping long? Long enough to become a small tree, he said. Little Acorn looked down at himself and he said, I've changed. His round shell was now a slender trunk. You are growing up, orange tree said. Now you are a little oak. Little Oak straightened himself and remembered his mother's words. Within you is a great oak. Maybe she was right, he thought, and he stood a little bit taller. But even at his tallest, he was much smaller than the big orange trees. Their bushy their bushy branches grew greener and greener. Then one day, orange tree called out to his friend, Look, little oak, my first orange. The big orange trees spoke up. We'll have many more, they said. So while I announced the little oak. These trees in the grove, the trees in the grove laughed. They didn't mean to hurt Little Oak's feelings, but they did. You'll, n- you'll never have oranges, they said, chuckling. Little Oak straightened his branches and pushed, and pushed as hard as he could, but no oranges popped out. Not that day, nor the next, nor the next. When the farmer came to collect the fruit, Little Oak was worried. He had none to give. Well, hello, Little Oak, the farmer greeted him. How, how did you get here? The farmer walked away, and when he returned, he carried a big shovel. What do you think he's going to do with it? No, maybe. I know just a place for you. He lifted the new little oak out of the ground. Bye-bye, my friend, said the orange tree. The farmer didn't take little oak too far away. He carried him out of the grove to his big white house. The farmer chose a spot in the backyard overlooking the orange grove. Let's see how you do here, he said. Then he dug a deep hole and set Little Oak inside. He placed dirt around the Little Oak and pressed it tightly around the tree roots. Little Oak liked his new home. For the first time, he stood taller than most, almost anything around him. Little Oak was stretching his roots into the dirt when he heard, "'Hi, I'm Pink Petunia. Who are you?' Little Oak looked at the bright flower near the house. He started to answer, but Pink Petunia didn't give him time. "'Rosie's next to the house.' ''Hi there,'' chirped Rosie. ''Daisy is here too.'' ''That's me,'' said a white and yellow flower. ''Hello there, little tree.'' Pink Petunia continued, ''We are soft and sweet. What about you?'' Little Oak didn't know how to answer. He knew he had no oranges. ''Do you grow flowers?'' Pink Petunia asked. Little Oak never remembered seeing flowers like roses or petunias on his mother. ''But still, maybe oaks did grow flowers. Maybe I could. Maybe that's what I was made to do,'' he answered. So he tried, as hard as he could. Little Oak tried to grow flowers like his friends could grow. As the sun grew hotter, they unfolded into a rainbow of pinks, reds, and yellows. Little Oak, however, just grew taller. As the days grew longer, his roots grew deeper. Every day, he tried to grow colorful flowers, but he never could. Pink petunia could, so could Rosie, so could Daisy, but not Little Oak. Finally, Little Oak decided to rest. His branches were tired and drooping. His leaves were dropping. When the flowers, even the flowers were sleeping. We're going to rest now, little oak, the flowers said to him. And they did. The sky the sky grayed and the days shortened. The whole garden slept. While little, oak, while little oak slept, he dreamed. He dreamed of the days as a little acorn on his mother's branch. Deep in his sleep, he heard her soft voice. Within you is a great oak. Just be the tree God made you to be. When the sun warmed his branches, Little Oak awoke, only only he wasn't so little anymore, he could see farther. He had grown taller and wider. The winds didn't bend him as much. His branches were as big as a trunk, as a, as a truck, as, the, as his trunk used to be. Little Oak was becoming a big oak. Many years passed, and each year he grew bigger and wider and wider and bigger. Until everything in the farmer's yard looked up to him. And see, he, he went from that to that to that to that. Now he's big, big, big. Do you like climbing trees? Yeah, climbing yeah, trees is a lot of fun. Now orange tree and the flowers called him Big Oak. He spread his big branches and looked around. Orange tree was taller too, but not as tall as Big Oak. Big Oak was taller than all of his friends. They were wide but not as wide as Big Oak. He was the tallest. He was the widest. But he still wondered, what was he supposed to do? He couldn't grow oranges or flowers. He just grew bigger, and he didn't know why. Yeah, those are oranges. The farmer just got back. Big Oak was just awakening from a long winter snap. His leaves were tiny buds when a young farmer brought two ropes and tied them to one of his strong branches. Close by, a little girl watched. Rosie Rose was puzzled. What is it asked? What is it? For Big Oak. I don't know, Big Oak answered, but he soon found out. Can I do it, Daddy? Can I swing? Go ahead, urged the man. And the little girl with bright blue eyes and the hair of and, the, and hair the color of daisy's flowers sat in the swing. Big Oak felt the tug, but barely. He was strong and little girl was small. With her daddy's help, she swung forward, not too far, but farther the next day and farther the next. By the time the sun was hot and the flowers were plenty, she could swing alone. Kicking her feet higher and higher, she could see the roof of her house. Then back she would swing, back until she seemed to look straight at the ground. Big Oak loved the sound of the little girl's laughter, her footsteps running towards him, her squeals of delight as she swung higher and higher into the sky. Yes, Big Oak. Yes, Big Oak loved little girl. When she swung, he stood strong. When her daddy built her a treehouse in Big Oak's branches. Big Oak gladly held it. When little girl, when little girl stretched out on the grass to watch the clouds float, Big Oak shaded her. She played, she played in his branches, climbed his trunk, rested in his shadow, and together they grew. Each year both grew taller, each year both grew stronger. When gray skies brought cold days, Big Oak slept and the swing hung silent, and the playhouse stayed empty. When blue skies brought warm days, they laughed and played. Little girl talked, and he listened. And at last, Big Oak knew he had become the tree God made him to be. (laughs) One day, Little Girl came to Big Oak with a little boy, though neither was too little. They sat on his branches and talked. Big Oak held, held them both, and when they carved their names on his trunk, he didn't mind. Little boy pushed the swing. Little girl laughed, and Big Oak protected them from the sudden rain. In time, Little Girl didn't swing so much. When she climbed into the treehouse, she sat more and played less. Little Girl was becoming a Big Girl. Big Girl now stood as tall as Big Oak's lowest branch. One day, Rosie Rose said to Big Oak, she's growing up, Big Oak, she'll leave soon. Big Oak didn't answer, but he understood. Big Girl spent many blue sky days sitting on the ground, leaning back against Big Oak's trunk, and watching the clouds drift by. Big Oak knew Big Girl had a big question on her mind, because she said things like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and it's hard to let go, and how can can I know who I am? Big Oak wanted to talk to Big Girl. He knew just what to say. He would say, Within you is a great girl. Just be the person God made you to be. Orange trees grow oranges he's, he would say flowers flower plants grow flowers and oaks oaks grow tall enough to grow tall enough for swings and strong enough for swings oaks grow tall enough for swings and strong enough for swinging and big enough to hold little girls until they become big girls he wanted to but he couldn't say the words one day big girl was sad the little girl who used to giggle in Big Oak's shade just sat silent, tears flowing down her cheeks. "It's hard to let go," she said. Big Oak was listening, and he had an idea. He looked down at his branch at a little acorn. "I have a special job for you," Big Oak said. The next time the wind blew, the next time the wind blew his branches, Big Oak let this branch shake more than the others. Little Oak popped loose. Little, little acorn popped loose and landed in Big Girl's lap. Big Girl picked it up and started to toss it away, but stopped. She held, she held the little acorn in her hand and stared at it. She turned and looked up at Big Oak. Were you ever this small? Answering her own question, she continued, Of course you were. You grew into a great oak from a little acorn. All you did was become what God made you to be. She looked down again at the acorn, then back at the tree. Her eyes brightened. Do you suppose, do you suppose that's what God wants me to do? Big Oak wanted to shout it. Yes, but he didn't have to. Big Girl stood up and announced, "Of course he does. Now it's time for me to go. Now it's time for me to let go and become the person God wanted me to be." Big Girl smiled, placed the acorn in her pocket, and began walking away. But after a few steps, she turned. She stopped and turned. She looked at the swing, the treehouse. She looked at Big Oak. She walked over to him and placed a hand on his trunk. Without a word, she said goodbye. Without a word, Big Oaks said the same. So do you know what uh, little acorn represents in this world? What is, the, what, is, what is the little acorn?
1: A tree.
2: A tree, yes. It is also you guys. And each one of you... There is a little. Each one of us is like a little acorn, and then as we go through life, eventually we will grow up and we will be a big strong tree. But the thing is, which tree are? Which tree are you? Which 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 one did God make you to be? He made did you to be an orange tree.
1: I'm the acorn tree.
2: You're the acorn tree.
1: Acorn.
2: Well, that. That is true. That is true. And like like little acorns, mommy used to tell him, inside you is a great big oak. So just be the, just grow up to be the tree that God made you to be. All right? So just grow up to be the person that God made you to be. Okay. And also, one other thing. Why? He, he didn't he didn't want to let go of, he didn't want to let go of his mom. He just wanted to stay with her the whole time. But the thing is, though, you got to let go. I so, why.
1: Root on his mom. <laughs>
2: well, the thing is, though, if he stayed there the whole time, he wouldn't be able to grow up and be a big tree. And then he wouldn't be able to have, he wouldn't have been able to hold up the swing or the treehouse for a little girl. So, the thing is, though, time is very precious. So, cherish each moment you got with family and friends. Because, like, one second, two seconds, three seconds. There was three seconds. That just went by. You can't get that back. You can't go back, but you can only go forward. So enjoy each moment you got. All right. Yeah. All right. So here you go. You guys can get a smartie now. You. If you want, you can get two or three, and then you can share them with your family. Well, you want one, Dominic? You want one?
0: Thank you.
2: Hey. you got two? You got three? Yeah. There you go. I got
0: That's
2: three. Good.
0: There you go
3: you are going to do the birthday parties later. Songs? Okay. Thank you, Brother Pat, for that story for all of us children. My mind went to Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought. Nor cease to yield fruit. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. That's what he's going to be like wonderful word. Thank you for um, just the time of coming out this morning and praising the Lord. And i so blessed to have Brother Daniel and Sister Adina here with us from Australia to introduce him a little bit. Brother Daniel and I got to know each other um, through an affiliated ministry we were both involved in. And it was in, in 2018, I think, when we first spoke and then in 2019, uh, the Lord opened up a door for myself and a few of the other brothers from here to go and visit them in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, had a wonderful time of fellowship and stayed at their home. And now we get to uh, repay the honors and, and bless them uh, for, amen, for uh, yesterday and today. And uh, I'm just so excited that the Lord uh, has a... this wonderful plan of fellowship for His children. You know, not only does He give us fellowship with Him, but He gives us fellowship with each other. And that enriches our lives and encourages us. And when I was there at the the church in Melbourne, I was so deeply encouraged, greatly blessed. And uh, Daniel and Adina don't know this. uh, Many of you don't. But that was one of the I would say that was probably one of the darker moments of my ministry. The most testing times of my life. Things I was walking through with the Lord and walking through here. And uh, and the Lord sent me there to be encouraged and to be blessed. And the Lord spoke to me very strongly. Uh, 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 I'll share this with you uh, uh, to bless you and encourage you. There was, We were singing and praising the Lord together, and, and in the church there, they had a little like we do here, just times of sharing the word and praying and prophesying together. And, and a sister shared a word. This older couple, I don't remember their names. I think they were from uh, Italy. Italian, older couple. We went out to lunch with them. Uh, do you remember who they were? Yes. So they were seated behind me, and she shared just, just shared from her heart uh, out of the word. And the Lord used that sister to speak and encourage me incredibly. And I knew it was a word from the Lord. That's how the Lord does. She doesn't know it to this day. I never told her. I, I couldn't talk about it. It was so precious to me. But I came back home, and every word the Holy Spirit spoke through her, in the next two years, has been my life. Not one word has failed. I say that to encourage you. We don't know who the Lord will use to speak a word of life into our souls when we need it most or when we think we don't need it. But the word is alive and Jesus Christ is a good shepherd of his sheep and he takes us exactly what we're going through and where we are and he blesses us with fellowship. And that's why it's so important for us to value that. In Acts chapter 2, it tells us after the Holy Spirit came, there were four things that the church continued to do. They continued in the teaching of the apostles. They continued in fellowship. And they continued in the breaking of bread. And they continued in prayer. That fourfold ministry of togetherness. The church grew in faith and grew in numbers. The word multiplied, Anthony, right? The word was effective. And I was just praying this morning that the Lord would give me a word to, uh, to share with you as a church. And the word that the Lord has been doing in my heart has been in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate each other to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's the word of the Lord to encourage each one of us this morning. Brother Daniel, would you come up and I'll pray with you and then we'll give you the time over to you to share the word with us. Father, I thank you for my dear brother and sister and their family and the journey of their life that you have been glorified in and now today lord you have brought them here to encourage us with your word and so lord we come before you you're the shepherd of your sheep you're the only one who can feed us with your living bread from heaven and i pray lord that you would speak through our brother you know the depths of the needs of our each of our hearts and they're all different but you care the same for each one of them and you can take one word and meet all of our different needs and fill and satisfy our souls with that heavenly manna from above. So we pray, Lord, you would anoint our brother and speak through him and fill him with the Holy Spirit and with an anointing from above as he shares your living word. Let it be like rivers of living water flowing from his innermost being. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Praise the Lord. Uh, It's a great privilege for me to be here. It's our first time in Colorado. I have been to the U.S. a few times before, but never in Colorado. You live in a beautiful part of the world here. And it's so good for us to see the snow. I love the snow. We don't have snow in Melbourne. Uh, We have some snow in the mountains, but it's so good to be here. But more than that, I was so blessed to... Meet with my dear brother and his family. I met him, but never met his family. But just to meet his wife and the beautiful boys. Last night we had such a wonderful fellowship. And and that's what really, really blessed my heart and my wife's heart. And today also, I'm so blessed to meet all of you. And to meet God's saints here at 14,000, 15,000 kilometers away. But praise God, God has His children everywhere. Amen. So, I want to bring you greetings from our church, Victory in Jesus, in Melbourne. And uh, our uh, word of uh, greeting is from Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, where the word of God says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen praise the lord um before i come to the word of god this morning and and share what the lord has laid on my heart to share with you i want to ask you a question and um, if you're okay I want to ask you this if you're a born-again believer and if Jesus is your Lord raise your hand this morning praise the Lord most of you praise the Lord um, I asked this question because the message that the Lord laid on my heart to speak to you this morning is addressed mainly to believers but even to those who haven't quite surrendered their life to Christ um, so My prayer is that if you are a born-again believer, if I'm a born-again believer, that I will reflect what Jesus is like. The title of my message this morning is Diffusing the Aroma of Christ. Diffusing the Aroma of Christ. And if you open with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I'd like to read a few well-known passages from from there. And... uh, my prayer is that the lord will speak to us not daniel god can use anyone god can use a donkey to bring the word my prayer is that it will be the lord speaking this morning i don't know any of you i know brother phil a little bit but god knows your heart god knows what you're going through right now and if you've come with an open heart god will speak to you god will god will speak to the need of your heart and God will speak some things that nobody knew what you're going through but Him and you. My, my prayer is that this morning, that's how we've come to church. I'm I'm speaking to myself. God can speak to me as I preach. Because it is the Spirit who teaches us how to pray, it is the Spirit who teaches what to say. That's why the Bible says, even when you go out there to share the gospel, don't prepare. It's okay. I mean, you need to know your Bible. And for us who share the world, we need to prepare. I'm not saying that's not the case. But the Lord, you need to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit leads. So let's read from Second Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing if you're a born-again believer these two things must take place in your life this is according to the scripture according to the new covenant and just like we read here if you're a child of God there's a wonderful promise for you and it says here God always leads you in triumph in Christ there's a promise of victory there's a promise of god's spirit being with you there's a promise that sin shall not have dominion over you if you're a born again believer unfortunately in many churches there are people who are not born again in many churches there are people who have a name that are christian but they don't know the lord and then you know the pastor or or the elders can try very hard to to share the gospel and you see them in this constant work of trying to do god's word but if that natural uh, supernatural rather birth didn't take place all you end up with forms of godliness without power and unfortunately that's the testimony in a lot of the churches today I don't know what it's like here in the US but I can see a lot of lukewarmness everywhere I can see the fire of God is no longer burning you know in the temple the fire was supposed to burn all the time The elders had a, or the priest had a very important role there to make sure the fire doesn't go out. And the fire in many churches is so dim today. The fragrance of Christ is not being spread. And then you know not only that, but you know the Bible and Paul speaks about another Jesus. He speaks of a different spirit and a different gospel that's being preached today that's why there's so much confusion today in the world that's why so many people today don't want to have anything to do with Christianity because there are many Christians who are Christians in name only step on their toes and you'll see who they are a true Christian is shown in difficulties when pressures come on him or on her what do you react how do you react to those situations you know I like to use this illustration imagine a a bottle with water and there's muck there as well leave that bottle for a while and all the muck will get at the bottom when you look at that it's a clean water oh that's good but yeah shake uh, shake that bottle a bit and you're gonna see what's gonna come out you know that muck is gonna show up that's why brothers and sisters thank god for the pressures that come into your life because it shows you what's inside of you that's what happened to me and my wife we got married 32 years ago (laughs) I thought I was such a good Christian until I, I, I was, you know, through my wife, God showed me what was inside of me. You know, you can think you're a good Christian because everything is going well, but how do you react to the pressures of life? When somebody shakes you, your true colors will come through there. If there's nothing, you know, dirty, nothing filthy there, doesn't matter how much people shake you, no filth will come out remember what jesus said from where comes everything all well, from the heart that's why sometimes on the outside we look and we compare ourselves with others and we think was oh thank god i'm not like this man i'm not like that woman what's inside and you can only now god knows but many times we don't know and so it's so important to allow god to bring us into his furnace for us to see what's inside, for us to repent, not to pat ourselves on the back because I'm oh, going to church every Sunday. Keith Green used to say, going to church doesn't make you a Christian anymore than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. <laughs> you know, Christians are defined by who they are in good times and in bad times. Unfortunately, like I said today, is a different Jesus that's being preached. There's a different gospel, a different spirit. That's why we are warned in the in the uh, epistle of First John chapter 4. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You see, if you stop there for a moment, the level of deception today, I believe, is... Is Probably more than at any time in the history of mankind because Jesus said so in the end times Deception will be prevalent. What's deception? You think you're on the right path, but you're not and You're teaching others like that and and what's important to hear to see here brothers and sisters, please make no mistake We need to know the Bible. Amen we need to know the Word of God, but what John says here. When he says, "Do not believe every spirit, but test this." He says, "Doesn't say test the doctrine." Amazing. We can all test the doctrine, isn't it? If you know the Bible very well, if somebody preaches from the Quran, oh, you know, hey, come on, he, this is not of God. Or if he preaches, a, you know, slightly different gospel that doesn't align with the Scripture, is that what John says? Test the doctrine? No. He says, "Test the spirit." Do you realize that I can come here? And preach your good gospel and still be a wrong spirit. We need a supernatural uh, revelation from the Holy Spirit. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. A believer, a new born again believer or a born again believer. Needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. Supernaturally. We need to know our Bible. But more than that. We need to have the spirit of God revealing to us whether that message is from God or for, or not. It will touch your heart. A good message will touch your mind. A, a message that's anointed by the Holy Spirit will touch your heart. Will transform you. Will lead you to that point of decision. You still need to make a decision, but it will be very clear to you whether you, you know it will not be a wishy-washy message. So we told in the scripture very very clearly, test the spirits. How do you test the spirits? You can only do it through the spirit of God because even a good message can come from a wrong spirit that's why paul going back to the second corinthians chapter 11 he says you know such are false prophets false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of christ and no wonder for satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light therefore there is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works Diffusing the aroma of Christ. Such a great need for that today. I see it in my town. I see it everywhere. Is there a need for the aroma of Christ to be diffused here in Greenlee? Do you see a need in your community? Maybe you say, but brother, it's hard. People are fed up with this, you know, false Christianity that they've seen around. People speak good things, but when they when they look at their lives and they say, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with this hypocrisy. There's so much form, so many forms of godliness, but where is the power to live like Jesus? And then you may say, How can I diffuse the aroma of Christ? You know, we live in such dark times. You know, darkness is increasing. But brothers and sisters, do you remember what our Lord Jesus said? Darkness will never overcome light. You could be a very small light. And Darkness will never overcome it doesn't matter how thick darkness is light will always overcome My brother and sister. I want to challenge you this morning. Look in your own. Let the Holy Spirit search your heart where you are today and Ask this question of yourself. Am I? Diffusing am I a diffuser for the aroma of Christ to go through? me and for the world to see. There's such a great need for people to see the real Jesus. People are fed up with good messages. Don't get me wrong. Good messages are good. But we need to show Jesus. People need to see Jesus. The real Jesus. Not the fake Jesus. Not the Jesus of the Pharisees. Do you know the Pharisees, by the way? They, they had all their doctrines right. Jesus said that what the Pharisees tell you that you do. But don't follow their example see there's such a great need for the real aroma of Christ to be diffused and so what I want to do this morning look at the Word of God how can I diffuse how can I be a diffuser for the aroma of the Christ to come through me because that's what people need and so if you open with me please to uh, the gospel of John I'm going to use this text to answer this question how can we be diffusers for the aroma of Christ Uh, John chapter 12, and we're going to read a very well-known passage here uh, where Jesus um, comes to Jerusalem, and um, I'm going to read from John chapter 12, verse 20 to 26. John chapter 12, from 20 to 26. (laughs) Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. my father will honor you're very familiar with it with this text I'm I'm sure this is when Jesus has that triumphal entry into Jerusalem and um, this was just before the Jewish Passover feast and and many Jews came from all over the place but what's strange here is to see some Greeks in verse 20 we see these Greeks who attended this Jewish festival and I wonder what what brought the what the, the the greeks there because you know it says in first corinthians 11 22 that jews request a sign and greeks seek for wisdom they seek after wisdom but we preach christ crucified to the jews a stumbling block and to the greeks foolishness but to those who are called both jews and greeks christ the power of god and the wisdom of god and you see Greeks were seeking for wisdom, uh, but these Greeks were not satisfied with just worldly wisdom. These Greeks heard about maybe the the, the, the Yahweh, the God of the, the the Jews, and they said, "Well, let's go and find, you know, find the true God." We're looking, we're looking for the true God, and they must have come to the temple. They must have come there and realized, well, hold on, this is just a different thing, but it, it still doesn't doesn't satisfy the longing of our hearts. We're still thirsty. We're still hungry. You know, we found religion all right. Here there's a lot of preaching all right, but there is no life. And so they came to the place where they thought they'll find life in Jerusalem, and all they found was religion. All they found was forms of godliness. All they found was theories. But there was nothing to touch their hearts. They were dissatisfied. But they hear about Jesus, and um, they cry out to Philip, "Sir, we wish to see Jesus." We tried wisdom, we tried religion, we tried all these things. Nothing satisfied. We want the life of God, and and we want to see Jesus, sir. We wish to see Jesus, and uh, I want to stop here for a moment. And ask you to look around you, not here in church, but where in your community. Can you hear the cry of the Greeks? Sir, I want to see Jesus. Can you hear the cry of those who are oppressed by Satan? Crying out, not with words, look at their lives. Sir, lady, I want to see Jesus. All around us. There are voices crying loud. I want to see Jesus. I've been dissatisfied by religion. I've been dissatisfied by theories, by forms of godliness. I need a transformation. I'm not sure what it's like here in the US, but in Australia, do you know what is the number one cause of death? For people between 15 and 44, I think. Suicide. It kills more people than heart attacks. It kills more people than car accidents. It kills more people than um, so many other illnesses. They take their own life. And let me say this. Australia is one of the best countries in the world. I've been there for 32 years. I'm originally from Romania. And, you know, materially you're doing well. The Social Security is doing well. Well organized. They have a good Medicare. Everyone has good um, medical service. And you wonder why why do people take their own lives because you know materialism doesn't satisfy religion doesn't satisfy nothing satisfies and then a lot of these people when when they are so depressed under you know the heavy load of what Satan puts on their heart you know they listen to the voice of the devil that says well you know what? there's nothing left for you, just take your own life without realizing that that heartache that they had only becomes a billion times worse than for eternity with no turning back. Sir, we need to see Jesus. We wish to see Jesus. Do you hear the Christ? Or we are so busy, and I'm speaking to myself. without our cozy churches. How can we be diffusers of the aroma of Christ? I'm not sure if you have them here but we have these diffusers of essential oils and they say some of these essential oils are quite healthy they they can help with different um, problems that you have, breathing and you know it's amazing uh, if you have them here just put a, a drop or two of that essential oil in the diffuser And that diffuser just spreads out that wonderful aroma that can be soothing for your you know problem with the chest or whatever there's so many other things you don't need to put much just a drop or two and uh, if you think of that illustration for a moment because remember we're looking at diffusing the aroma of Christ here and I want to use this illustration to help us understand how can we diffuse the aroma of Christ if you look at the normal diffuser how is that essential oil made it may be made of a leaf or something but in order to make that essential oil that uh, leaf or whatever is made of needs to be crushed it needs to be completely broken it needs to be uh, crushed to a degree that it doesn't resemble the external form that it had before you know if you just drop a let's say uh, if it's a mint for example a mint essential oil if you just drop a leaf of mint without being broken you put in the water it's not going to make much of a difference will it it's only when it's broken that that little drop of a concentrated essential oil will make a difference and so coming back to us if you want to be a diffuser of the aroma of christ there's only one way you can be brother and sister and that is through the process of being crushed you know brothers and sisters even if you look at the elements I heard you gonna have the Lord's table next week think about that for a moment what elements do we use for the Lord's table bread and wine right what's bread made of grain what needs to take place for that grain to become bread it needs to be crushed where no individual thing you will not see daniel in that bread right you will not see john you will not see phil in that bread everything will be broken and become one remember what the lord said people will know that you are my disciples when you love one another when you truly become one when there's no individual no daniel will not be on a pedestal phil will not be on a pedestal Christ alone will be on the pedestal. He alone is Lord. Ah, He will not share His glory with anyone. But we need to be broken. That's why the the Lord's table represents brokenness. What about grapes? How do you make wine? You crush those grapes. You see no individual uh, shape of what a grape looked like before. It's just wine. And it's all becoming wine how wonderful even the lord's table speak of this process of brokenness what about our lord jesus how did he become our salvation through being crushed through being broken that's how you and i are grafted into the family of god that's why when we break bread it represents that the brokenness of the body of christ and that's how we are grafted into the family of god what a privilege we have but brothers and sisters all these things point out to this truth and we're going to see what jesus said shortly I look at some practical ways now could be how can we be diffusers of the aroma of christ we need to follow the example of christ you know what christian means christian comes from the word christianos in greek which means a small christ if you and i are born again if we if you and i have received that uh, nature of christ you must become like him when jesus said you are the light of the world he was addressing those who are born again he didn't say hey try to be the light of the world no it's binary you either are or not if you are the light of the world you will shine and don't blame the darkness around you in fact the darker the uh, the, the situations around you the brighter you will shine through the light of jesus but you see, this can, none of this can take place. None of this aroma of Christ can be diffused unless you accept the way of the cross. Unless you accept the way of being broken. Paul also speaking uh, in 2 Corinthians about a treasure. A great treasure that we have in earthen vessels. Now this is invisible. But it becomes visible when the earthen vessel is crushed. What comes out of you? What comes out of me when that vessel of clay is crushed? If the uh, if that treasure is there, the aroma of Christ will come. You know, now, imagine you could have that mint leaf. If you get close, you can smell it, but when you crush it, even in your fingers, you smell it. We have some leaf in our garden, some, some mint in our garden. When you crush it a little bit, Ooh, just just it has a nice uh, nice smell Uh, and same thing with us you know you will shine brighter when situations come in your life and crush you and 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 so what my 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 exhortation to you brothers and sisters this morning don't fight God's way of crushing you don't be like Peter in the garden grabbing the sword when the very thing that God wanted to do is crush Christ so you and I can be grafted into the family of God. Don't fight those soldiers who come and take you to be crucified. It's God's plan for you to become a much stronger diffuser for the aroma of Christ. So, sir, we wish to see Jesus is the message of the Greeks. Now, coming back to our text, um, you see jesus has an interesting answer to this question and this helps us understand how we can be true diffusers of the aroma of christ um if we if we look in um, verse 22 um in verse 23 says but jesus answered you know i would have expected if if some people come and say sir i wish to imagine if somebody comes to uh, to any of you and say sir i want to see philip oh yeah let me take you to him um now they first go to philip and ask him you know and philip would have said yeah let's see them but jesus says but jesus answered them i want you to see it, it appears that jesus has a very important message to the disciples and to us this morning now remember we're looking at how to diffuse the aroma of christ let's look at what jesus says but jesus answered them saying the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified most assuredly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone but if he dies it produces much grain he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life if anyone serves me let him follow me and where i am there my servant will be also if anyone serves me he my father will honor so what an interesting reply Jesus says but in verse 24 Jesus says you must die if you want to be a diffuser of the aroma of Christ there's no other way except for the way of the cross and he expands on that And I want to build on that a little bit this morning what does it mean to die what does it mean to to be crushed so that um, that aroma of Christ will come through us you know Jesus reinforces to us today that only through death we can bear much fruit for God's glory. And that can take place even when majority of Christianity has lost its testimony. Do you remember what Paul said? Many are acting as enemies of the cross of Christ. And he was addressing Christians. And that's what you'll find today. But brothers and sisters, you know what? the Lord is telling you and is telling me this morning you could still be a witness for Christ regardless of the bad witness all around you but there's only one way and that is through the way of the cross you know I I hope you understand that it is impossible for you and for me to save the lost right only Jesus can give life to those who are dead in their sins because he said I am the resurrection and the life But jesus wants to use you and me to bring life to the lost but you know the problem with many christians today is that they have not died to their own self they're still trying in a way to do god's work in their own strength and i also want to say this without death there is no resurrection do you know that resurrection is supernatural i hope you realize Resurrection, you know, everyone knows you have the best doctor, he can help you with the best medicine, with the best, you know, thing, whatever. Once people die, they say, look, sorry, I can't do anymore. Resurrection is supernatural. When Jesus rose from the dead, it confirmed that he was the acceptable sacrifice of God for you and for me. But the same thing must take place in your own life. Isn't that what the baptism represents? We read that in Romans chapter 6. You know, when we are baptized with Christ, we are baptized into his death. You must die before life of Jesus can come in through you. You know, and then when you rise with Christ, it is no longer Phil, it is no longer Adina, it is no longer Daniel, it is no longer you, but Christ who lives in you. And the power of God is in you. Doesn't matter, you know, how many threats you will receive, you will even, you know, gladly give your life to the Lord. Now, you can't do that you cannot fake it you could say oh yeah, I'll do this but when the when that time comes when you have to give it you won't be able to do it unless Christ is in you a real test of Christianity is gonna come in the near future brothers and sisters I really see I don't know, maybe here as well but I see in Australia how things are getting closer to the coming of the Lord and I believe a time will come when Christianity will be tested, and the true disciples of Jesus will be will be tested through fire. Remember, we read in the uh, in the book of Corinthians about the test of fire. The test of fire. You know, so many people today, you feel good because they go to church. Oh, we such a uh, have such a good 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 church, such a good fellowship, But brother and sister. If the government will come to you and say. You can't be a Christian anymore. you can't believe in Jesus if you believe in Jesus we're gonna take your house away we're gonna take your wife away we're gonna take your children. We're going to take your own life what will you do don't answer me now but true Christianity will be shown when the precious of life will apply to you if you are a born-again believer and I, I, I pray that all of us as we raise our hands ah when that time comes of trial of, of intense persecution you know you will have a peace a supernatural peace You know look at the disciples they all die all all, except for john martyrs they accepted to you know be, be be killed for the name of christ you can't do that just being religious you need to be born again and that the only way that can take place is like i said is when you accept the way of the cross and so you know jesus makes it so clear here when he hears that the greeks want to see him he hears that the people in Greenlee want to see him his message to you and the message to me in Melbourne is unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone you cannot be a witness for Christ if you haven't died you cannot diffuse the aroma of Christ if you haven't accepted the way of the cross and um, and so you know when you truly die you know what takes place The life of Christ comes in you and what you will find is that being a Christian you don't need to act being a Christian is the way you you live doesn't matter what people do to you one of the things that the Lord taught me a few years ago is I can't blame my wife for my sin I can't blame my boss you know sometimes we use all these excuses but she talked to me like this he spoke with me like that that's why I did this Uh, Oh, the devil tempted me, puts all these thoughts, that's why I... You know, brothers and sisters, do you realize that it takes two to tango, as they say? For sin to be born, there's a a union, like a union between a man and a woman. We read that in the book of James. You know, the devil cannot produce sin on his own. The devil has to go to bed with you. I'm speaking in inverted commas. When you accept that, that's how sin is born. You read about it in the book of James. So you cannot blame even the devil for your sin. God, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. What does it say? Don't blame the the intensity of your temptation, brother and sister. Oh, brother, you don't understand. I'm so tempted about lust. I'm so tempted about, look how people treat me. I cannot be a doormat here. I cannot turn the other cheek. What did Jesus say? I say to you, love your enemy. Do good to those who persecute you. And then you will prove you are children of God. You are sons of God. That's when the aroma of Christ will be diffused through you. When you accept to be crushed. When you accept the way of the cross. And God will be glorified. You know, Paul said in this uh, context in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. You see, a a, a crucified life is one where there's nothing of you anymore. Uh, It's all about him. And that's when the life of Christ comes through you. That's when the aroma of Christ is diffused through you in your own home. In your own community, in your own church, everywhere you go. Because we just read earlier, this aroma of Christ is wherever you go. I'm 14,000 kilometers away from home. But the aroma of Christ, is, if I'm a born again believer, needs to be shown here. When people speak badly to me, when people step on my toes. If if Christ dwells in me, doesn't matter how much I'm crushed. Just that aroma of Christ will come. And people may not recognize right away, but Peter speaks of a time when God will search their hearts and say, Wow, now it clicked. How come that man didn't react the way I expected? Because, you know, in the world they expect you to hit back. When you turn the other cheek, you will show the world what Jesus is like. So, Jesus says in this passage, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless the grain... Falls into the ground and dies in Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 Jesus explains a little bit more what this means Matthew 16 24 if you have your Bible please turn with me there says Jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me see, he's not forcing anyone he's not forcing anyone to follow him but if you desire to come after me Jesus says if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me and whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it you see jesus makes it so clear here that we must take up the cross and we must deny ourselves you know when jesus went up to heaven he sent the holy spirit he said i will not leave you orphans Amen. and he is empowering us to live like Jesus but I want to say something do you realize that the Holy Spirit will not do some things in your life the Holy Spirit will not repent on your behalf the Holy Spirit will not take up your cross that's what Jesus says you must deny yourself it's a choice that you need to make and that will determine whether you become a diffuser of the aroma of Christ or something else you must deny it. If you choose to be a disciple, don't play games. Don't play Christianity. Brothers and sisters, you know the worst state for a Christian to be is to be half with God, half with the world. It doesn't work. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. These are people who are not satisfied in church. They not, don't fully enjoy the toys of, dev, of the devil because they know that's bad. But it's that life of lukewarmness that Jesus says I will spit out. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I plead with you. And the Lord pleads with me also. Let us surrender all to Christ. It's worth it. My brothers and my sisters, you will never regret it. If you had an opportunity, I hope you never have. But if you had an opportunity to ask the rich man, are you, are you, do you, have, do you have regrets for not giving up your riches when the Lord told you? What do you think he will say? Like I said, I hope you never had the opportunity to ask him. But I do hope you have the opportunity to ask the disciples. Because I know where they are today. Peter, John, James. You had a business. You had a family. When the Lord called you, I read in the Bible that you dropped everything and you followed Jesus. You, you lost your life. You lost your business. You lost everything. Was it worth it? What do you think Peter, James, and John and the other disciples will say? <laughs> oh brother sister this is nothing the, the, the what i lost in this world cannot compare to the glory that i'm receiving right now and the blessedness of being with christ forever you know brothers and sisters that's what the lord is calling us to do to surrender all to christ so how what do we have to die to because again to become a diffuser of the aroma of christ we must die we must accept that we of the cross. We must accept to be crushed. I want to just briefly talk about two things that we must die to. Um, first of all, we must die to our own will in favor of God's will. We must die to our own will in favor of God's will. That's what taking up the cross is. Um, we're reading Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two. It says, "Those who are Christ, again." This doesn't refer to people who are not born again but those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires so if you're a born-again believer if you belong to Christ you cannot serve two masters you cannot serve the flesh you know we're in Galatians chapter 5 that there's two forces inside of you the force or, or the, the, the voice of the flesh that always leads you to other. Wow, well, Daniel, don't be so narrow. Don't be so radical. Just take it easy. Look at all the other Christians. Remember what Jesus said who are those on the wide road, the list of destruction? Those who are deceived, you know, they, they, will, say, they, will, they will tell you about an easy way, hey, hey, I'm a Christian too, I don't need to be so radical, that's okay, we go to church on Sunday, but we can party the other day, we can get drunk, that's okay, we can sleep around, we can do this, God is love, my friend, God, you know, what a deception, read the book of Jude, to see, because the word is so clearly, if God hasn't uh, 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 spared the angels who fell away, if god hasn't spared the people in the time of noah when they were all wicked and and the violence and full of lust and all that do you think we have other uh, other treatment today on the grace that's called you know changing the grace of god into a license to sin so let's be very clear about this, brothers and sisters you know the word is so clear if you are belo- if you belong to christ you you crucify the flesh with his fashions, passions, and desires. So, what does it mean to take up the cross? And I'm not referring just to some gross sins here, of course, those. But I I want to I want to use an illustration. Think about the cross. Because that's what the Bible says, you know, you have to take up the cross. The cross is where my will crosses God's will. And I make a choice not to follow my own will, but to follow God's. That's what taking up the cross is. I have plans. It's okay to have plans. But when the Lord directs you differently, we need to be ready to let go. Lord, I had some plans to do this or so do that. But let your will be done in the small things and the big things. Amen? Also, uh, if you open with me to Psalm 146.4, again, a very wonderful picture of what it means to take up the cross and, and virtually die. Um, 146 verse 4 speaks of a man... And what happens when you really die? He says, when somebody dies, his spirit departs. He returns to his earth. And in that very day, his plans perish. In that very day, his plans perish. My brother and my sister, it's okay to have plans, but are you ready to let go of your plans if the Lord shows you differently? He says, in that day, when the Lord shows me, Daniel, that's not my plan for you. In that day, his plans perish. That's what happens when we die. And, uh, um, you know, as Christians, we can no longer do what we want with our money, with our life, with our bodies. That's what it means to take up the cross and deny ourselves. Another point that we must die to, and I find that very um, important for us as Christians, we must die to the opinions of men in favor of God. We must die to the opinion. of Opinions of men in favor of gods. You see, there's a there's a desire in all of us to be accepted. Isn't that true? Maybe just in Australia, I don't know about here. But all of us have a desire to be accepted. At school, you see, it's called peer pressure. Oh, I need to be acceptable by my peers. Um, you know, I need to be acceptable in my workplace. I need to be patted on the back. We all have that. The flesh likes to be patted on the back. What about in church? In churches also, I need to be seen as a, you know, a brother that's humble, you know, by others. But brothers and sisters, you know what really matters. It's not what brothers say or other people say about you. What does God say? You see, in the book of Revelation, out of seven churches, five were corrupt. And a number of them had a name. One of them had a name that was alive. You know, another one, the church in Laodicea was a church that was increased with goods. I picture a church that was very lively, lots of people coming through its gates, you know, fantastic worship, smokes, mirrors, and all those things, and people say applauded it. That was the opinion of men. And they were so happy because look what the people say. What does it matter, my brothers and my sisters? It's not what people say. It's what Jesus, who has the eyes, as fire, who goes and sees what's beyond the walls of a church, who goes and sees beyond the shell, the outer shell, that's what matters so brothers and sisters we need to die to the opinion of men you know if you don't die to the opinion of men you cannot you cannot be truly a disciple of Christ you know um, it says in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 the fear of man brings a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe you know Paul also says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 he says do I seek to please men this is the mighty apostle Paul. For if I please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. If your purpose, if you now you need to be careful, the flesh will not tell you what it wants to do, the devil through the flesh. So you need to test yourself. I need to test myself to see if I'm in the in the faith. Because this is so subtle, brothers and sisters. This is this desire to be accepted by men is so subtle. We need just like testing the spirits. You need, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I don't want to be like like the church in Laodicea that sees itself rich and increased with goods and better than others. Lord, I want to see myself through your eyes. That's a great blessing. And so we need to understand if our desire is to please men, we cannot be bond servants of Christ. And remember what the Lord said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will. Will find it you cannot be a diffuser of the aroma of Christ unless you accept the way of the cross and finally I want to say that there is a reward for those who uh, accept the way of the cross those who lose their lives for the for, for the sake of Jesus I was talking to brother Phil last night we had such a wonderful fellowship and it's so wonderful like he said earlier we have fellowship with God we have fellowship with one another and it's so sweet and you could sometimes I meet brothers or sisters from different nationalities completely different backgrounds and Wow God brings us into such a wonderful fellowship you get built up in faith you get encouraged and and that's wonderful and we were talking uh, uh, yesterday about you know uh, uh, this this very thing you know how um, um, you know God, you know, wants wants to make us diffuse the aroma of Christ. But, you know, it's not not in our own strength. It's supernatural. God empowers you to to, to be that aroma of Christ. And that's what's needed for people to come to to Christ. And there is a wonderful reward for those who lose their life for the sake of the gospel. Jesus says that God will honor them. in, In verse 26, he says, If anyone serves me, If if you have made it your choice to surrender your life to Christ if you have accepted the way of the cross you cannot serve God you cannot serve Jesus by the way unless you accepted to walk the way of the cross but it says if anyone serves me him my father will honor and I want to ask you this morning before we close what would you rather have brother Phil the honor of men or the honor of God any day. Amen, brother. Any day. And, you know, we talk about the great apostle Paul today, don't we? And, but, you know, did you realize some Christians in his days were accusing, hey, do you think this is from God? This man cannot be from God. Look, he ended up in jail. God would have protected him. That's why Paul writes, don't be offended by my chains. He wasn't bothered by what others, other people thought of him. He was just looking to the reward. He was looking to what, you know, that, that, that crown of, of, of glory that Jesus would give to him. But, and he said in, in 2 Timothy, the last book that he wrote, I finished the race. I, 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 I completed the faith, you know. Uh, now, the Lord has the crown of glory. For, and not only for me, but for Phil, for Daniel, for Adina, for, for all those who have accepted the way of the cross. And brothers and sisters, it is worth it. Yes. It is worth to lose your life here and to gain what Christ has done for you, if I recall correctly, Jim Elliot once say, once said, "He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose." You know Jim Elliot, right? Who lost his life as a missionary. Oh Lord, help me. Help me. Help us to be ready to let go of our life. And you know, when you do that, automatically you become a diffuser. The aroma of Christ. And he says in Colossians 3:3, 3, 3, if you died and your life, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then also you will appear with him in glory. Amen. Hallelujah. We spoke about diffusing the aroma of Christ. And um, I also want to say this: When you truly die with Christ, you will experience true victory over sin. There can be no real victory without death. You see, in the new covenant, if you read the new, and I think here you preach much about the new covenant. In the new covenant, Romans six fourteen says so clearly that sin shall not have domain over you. You cannot say, "Well, you don't understand, brother." my grandfather was an alcoholic i've been an alcoholic my father i've been i'm a christian but i've got this weakness i'm an alcoholic well you cannot say well yeah my my, my grandfather was an the altar my father i'm a christian but i can't overcome this last i cannot overcome this you know it's impossible for you to be a child of god and 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 have Being born again and not experience victory over sin. And, you know, in in, just want to read one verse here from Romans 6, 7. And that's the reason why many Christians today don't experience this life of victory. You see, this is part of the package that God gives you. You know, we read earlier how we always, Christ, you know, God always leads us in triumph in Christ. If you're a born again believer, but death cannot take place unless you die. It says in Romans 6, 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. It's amazing. It doesn't say here, he has believed in Jesus. Now, yes, that's the first step. You believe in Jesus. You repent of your sin. You get baptized. You receive the Holy Spirit. You get truly born again. And and that part of that process, you choose the way of the cross. And when you die, you find that, like Paul says, it is no longer I who live. It's not a struggle for me to say no to sin. Because, you know, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and finally i want to close with one reflection i read a reflection years back that really challenged me this is about a true christian who wants to live for jesus and i ask that you take note of this if god has called you to be really like jesus he will draw you into a life of crucifixion and humility and put upon you such demands of obedience that you will not be able to follow other people or measure yourself by other christians in many ways you will seem to let other people do things which you will not let you do other christians and minister who seem very religious and useful may push themselves pull wires and work schemes to carry out their plans but you cannot do it if you attempt it you will meet with such failure and rebuke from the lord as to make you solely penitent Others may boast of themselves, of their work, of their successes, of their writings, but the Holy Spirit will not allow you to do any such thing. If you attempt it, He will lead you into such deep mortification that will make you despise yourself and all your good works. Others may, allow, may be allowed to succeed in making great sums of money or may have a legacy left to them, but God may supply you only on a day by day basis because he wants you to have something far better than gold namely a helpless dependence upon him and his unseen treasury the lord may let others be honored and put forward while keeping you hidden in obscurity because he wants to produce some choice fragrant fruit for his coming glory which can only be produced in the shade he may let others be great but keep you small He may let others do a work for him and get the credit for it, but he will make you work and toil on without knowing how much you're doing. Then to make your work still more precious, he may let others get credit for the work which you have done. This to teach you the message of the cross, humility, and something of the value of being cloaked in his nature. The Holy Spirit will put a strict watch over you and with a jealous love rebuke you for careless words and feelings or for wasting your time which other Christians never, never feel distressed over. So, make up your mind that God is an infinite sovereign and has a right to do as He pleases with His own. He may not explain to you a thousand things which may puzzle your reason in His dealings with you, but if you absolutely sell yourself, To be his love slave, he will take you at your word. He will wrap you up in a jealous love. While other Christians may say and do many things that you cannot. Settle it forever. That you are to deal directly with the Holy Spirit. And that he is to have the privilege of tying your tongue or chaining your hand. Or closing your eyes in ways that others are not dealt with. However, know this great secret of the kingdom. When you are so completely possessed with the living God that you are, in your secret heart, pleased and delighted over this peculiar, personal, private, jealous guardianship and management of the Holy Spirit over your life, then you will have found the vestibule of heaven, the high calling of God. Amen. Can we stand? Can we all stand, please? don't know where each of us each of you are with the Lord I want to ask each one of you if the Lord has spoken to you this morning don't answer me don't answer anyone ask yourself and answer yourself are you a diffuser of the aroma of Christ maybe the Lord has shown you this morning something they need to set right with God maybe the Lord has helped you understand this morning why Why there are some tension points in your life and that you need to let go and you need to cast yourself into the hands of Christ. You need to accept the way of the cross. God wants to do that in your life. You will not go over your will. You will not go over the choices that you make. What I want to say is, dear brother and sister, when you choose the way of the cross, you you will never have any regrets. God can use you here and God Will also honor you at His coming. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I share the word that you laid on my heart to share with my dear brothers and sisters here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Lord, I pray that you give us strength to obey what your word says so that your word may be successful in our own life lord thank you that you're a god who speaks but lord i pray you give us ears to hear what the spirit has to say lord we want to be doers of your word i pray for every brother and sister here who were here this morning lord Lord, that you will give us strength to obey your word, to accept the way of the cross, so that your name will be exalted in this community, in this town, and and in this area, Lord. And wherever we are, that we may be diffusers of the aroma of Christ. And that others, as they sense this beautiful aroma of Christ, will come to the knowledge of Christ. And like they ask Paul in jail, what must we do to be saved? That we will, hear, we will hear the same words from people around us when they sense the aroma of Christ being diffused through us. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for Brother Phil and his family and for all the brothers here. And I pray that you will make them a, a, a beacon in this place, a, a shining light, so that no matter how dark the things are around them, that, that their light will shine and that people will see who, who, who the true Jesus is. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Please be seated.
0: Amen. Thank you, brother, for sharing the word. It's the same word all over the world, whether you're from the U.S. or Australia or. In Thailand, where Carries are today, I believe Carrie had the chance to uh, preach the word over there this morning, which was yesterday, I guess. <laughs> um, they are how many hours differs? Fourteen hours ahead of us. So, um, continue praying for them, and and we're thankful that. Uh, get to see these examples of the Word of God being alive and well in the hearts of His people across the world. Thank you so much for sharing. I don't, I don't think that message needs any commentary from me. It uh, spoke from the heart of God, I believe. Thank you for sharing that. Um, a few things I did forget to announce. This evening we have a uh, family game night here at 5 p.m. It had originally been scheduled at 6.30. That got moved up to 5 o'clock. So anybody is welcome to come, young kids, old kids, um, friends, neighbors, anybody. It's just an informal time together and we'll have some snacks and a good time of fellowship. So feel free to come back for that. And in the meantime, we're going to have some more fellowship around some more food here. so And hopefully around some continuing spiritual food as well. So that will close this part of the service. Please do stay for the meal and that time of fellowship. Birthdays, can you pop that up there real quick? I was trying to avoid that. a lot of February, February birthdays, and you can see why I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> we have three birthdays in our household. Oh, Dwayne's on there, too. You're the, I think you're the old one of that bunch, Dwayne. <laughs> so you get to read us happy birthday. <laughs> Let's sing happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Birthday. I think uh, Tiffany probably has the youngest uh, is the youngest of the bunch, and Dwayne's the oldest. <laughs> Tiffany's birthday's next Sunday, so maybe we'll sing again for that next Sunday. She's excited about that. All right, let's uh, let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer and a blessing on the noon meal. Thank you, Father, for this time together, and I thank you for your word. I thank you that no matter who we are, where, we, where we're where we from, your word is true, and it is the anchor of our lives. I pray, Father, that your word would continue to bear fruit in each one of our lives as we go forth from here. I pray for our time of fellowship and for our meal here this afternoon. I pray that you would bless it, and I pray that... All would be done for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.